Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Live in Conversation. Um, I am here today with some massive news. Um, this is actually some record-breaking news, um, and I'm very uh, proud to uh, be here right now announcing that to you all. And then, obviously, I'll go post everywhere on social media about it and let you guys all know, really, get the word out about this um, new plan that I'm introducing um, so yeah. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, all right. So the plan that I am proposing is, hold on, if it'll load, is what I'm calling the gateway plan and, uh, you know, subtitle underneath it to end homelessness. Um, now I know we had the home for all initiative and, you know, the home for all initiative while it absolutely has potential, um, I, I more personally see what we're doing with um, this, um, what's it called, the gateway plan that I'm announcing here today. I feel like this is much more of a groundbreaking and more, much more of a necessary um, method because this will much further expedite um, homelessness. It'll also, you know, create a ton of new jobs um, it'll keep a lot of existing jobs st- stable as well, um, you know, while these constructions are happening and whatnot. And, you know, all this amazing stuff can can be put together um, through the um, Gateway Plan. Now, the Gateway Plan, um, which I'm also calling, I can't decide which I want to call it yet in terms of professionalism, Um but what I'm also calling it is the Calif- uh, is the Affordable Housing Acceleration Act. Um, and basically, you know, that name, it's much more telling as to what the gateway plan is. Um, so it's probably more likely going to be the legal name for the brand, uh, not for the brand, for the, um, for the law or the legislation or whatever you want to call it. Um, that'll probably be the official name for it. But, you know, I'm calling it the gateway plan because, you know. We want as many people to know about this this initiative and this plan as possible, just like we did with the um, Home for All initiative. You know, we wanted uh, as many people as possible to possibly hear about this um, new initiative. But, um, you know, it gets a little difficult to hype up a new plan or a new agenda section, if you will, when, you know, you're still uncertain about a couple of the figures and you're not sh- 100% sure that this will have quick results um, which is really what we're all about besides the results being accurate and the results being positive is also about having the results come as quickly as we possibly can without sacrificing the quality of the job or the effectiveness of the job either. You know, the effect of it, it has to have a substantial effect. It has to be of quality, but it also has to be as quickly as we can get it done. And that's exactly what the gateway plan is going to do in terms of, you know, building new housing, building new cities, building new towns, communities um, in the unused lands of California. Now, California has some of the most un- most land that has been completely unused, undeveloped, and a lot of it's on sale and a lot of it even the state owns and quite a bit of it also is, you know, owned by the federal government Um. But what we can do is we can combine whatever land the state may own, undeveloped land that the state may own, and then we can combine that with land that is actively being sold, which is, you know, obviously not currently being developed on, 
and is being sold for the purposes, for the most part, for the purposes of, you know, development, you know, developing on that land. And, you know, this plan in particular, um, it, the cost, uh, the price tag is a bit concerning to some people. It is a billion dollar plan. Um, so the plan will cost us a billion dollars, um, which I know it's a lot of money, um, but it has a very, very serious benefit and it is actually going to end this issue. You know, we hear about plans that are billion dollars here and there, hundreds of millions there. Um, and, you know, we're only building like a couple of thousand homes and stuff. And we're only, you know, we're, we're wasting the rest of the money on stuff like, you know, public transport vehicles and all that. And, you know, public transport's a serious thing too. I want it to be 100% free all over California. You know, I want to invest in high-speed rail. I want to do all these amazing things related to transportation. But transportation and solving the homelessness crisis should never interject. They should never be the same solution. They should not be affected by the same solutions. Um, they need to be taken very seriously, both of them, but they also need to be isolated from one another because if you are going to combine two massive issues, homelessness and um, transportation, it's going to be a recipe for disaster. It's, it's an inevitable recipe for disaster because you know, you're getting, you know, a fixed amount of money for this one plan because it's one plan. You know, a lot of legislators will be quite lazy when voting on things and when deciding on what they want to support and what they don't want to support. You know, they could be quite lazy and lack over details. It doesn't matter if that plan solves every issue on the planet. You know, at the end of the day, they see it as, oh, it's one plan. You know, let's give it this amount of money because it's one plan, you know? Um, and while some legislators might think that way, not all of them do, which is a good thing, but a lot of them do, um, from what I have seen. And, you know, with this plan, that is why it's not focusing on transportation. It's not focusing on healthcare. It's not focusing on any other, you know, category or crisis that we are facing. You know, this plan is designed specifically to fix this issue and not have an effect on other issues. That is the exact point of the gateway plan, hence why it is called the gateway plan, because the gateway plan is a gateway to end the homelessness crisis that we are currently facing. That is exactly why I called it gateway. Also, because it sounded cool, but you know what? We're, 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 we're going to ignore that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, with all of this, you know, we're building new homes and you know, I'm aiming to get this accomplished in the very beginning of 2027, um, like pretty much like immediately as soon as the legislative season for 2027 begins and the state legislature meets, my bills are going to be on that floor. I don't care how many of them I have to send in. I will send in hundreds. I will send in thousands. However many I feel is absolutely necessary to, you know, get the ball rolling on these urgent changes that I am campaigning on. You know, most most politicians will tell you, oh yeah, I'm for change. And then they'll get the ball rolling about a year or two years later, like halfway through their term 
or even beyond their first term. You know, it might be their second term if they're in the House or something. You know, they somehow managed to get reelected while not doing absolutely anything in their first term. And then upon their second term, they actually start to slightly take things a bit more seriously. You know, they up the budget for the uh, public relations department. You know, and then they stop, they, they, they take all the lobbyist money and whatnot, you know, and then there's the rare few, I will admit, there's the rare few that don't do that and they actually take their job seriously and they do it right. Um, but the problem we have is that the, the, the majority currently, um, and it is a very, very large majority, isn't Republican, it isn't Democrat, it's who takes their job seriously and who doesn't take their job seriously. Um, and I'm just going to say the people who don't take their job seriously are the people who are in the grand majority right now in terms of what is in our Congress and what is in our government as a whole. And that's the problem. That is the core issue as to why we are facing the issues and the crises that we are facing as a state and as a nation today. And, you know, I personally think that, you know, if, if we want this country to stay going, if we want this economy to keep going, if we want this government to not fall apart, if we want the people of this country, the citizens of this country to be safe and protected and cared for, then we need to get our crap together and start actually caring about our jobs. And this is specifically to elected officials. It doesn't matter what level you're on, get it together. You were elected for a reason. Your job position exists for a reason. You know, and that's that's what that's what annoys me so much when it comes to our political scene in America is 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 that, you know, a grand majority of the people leading it don't even care about being there in the first place, which is honestly quite disgraceful in my opinion. You know, I personally think that, you know, not actually doing your job as a, an elected official as a as a, a, a you know, a member of government I think that should be a, a, a crime, in all honesty. I really think that should be a crime. You know, you are elected for a reason. If you cannot do that, and if instead you screw your constituents over, you need to be held liable, whether it be by the law or whether it be by a class action organized by your constituents who you screwed over. I believe both of those things should be in order, and that's something I'm also going to immediately introduce during the 2027 legislative season. As soon as that begins, and as soon as I am inaugurated, you know, that's when the bills are going to be finalized, and then they're immediately going to be sent off. And um, hopefully they actually start addressing those, like, as soon as the legislative season begins again and the, you know, holiday break ends. Hopefully... They start doing it immediately, but, you know, maybe they won't. I don't know how all of their scheduling really goes. Um, but, you know, I'm telling you what I'm going to do on my end of things because I really can't control what happens in the state legislature and what the legislators decide to do necessarily. They're their own people. So, you know, we'll see how that pans out, I suppose. But um, uh, I'm aiming for, like, January to February 2027. We could get this done about 18, 24 months, I would say. Um is when we'll start to see, you know, like substantial, you know, results from this plan. That does, that's not like a, you know, completion date, you know, we're not going to be finished within two years max, you know, um, I'm not going to guarantee that. I feel like, you know, I'm also very, very confident when it comes to projects that I launch. So, you know, me in my mind, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we can get it done in two years, but you know, I'm not going to guarantee that in case, you know, delays come up or stuff like that. But what I am going to say is that within two years of that plan beginning and, you know, you know, construction beginning and whatnot, you know, within the first two years of it being implemented, we will either begin to see substantial 
positive results, or we will have already been seeing those results for quite some time at that point, you know, um, and that's the goal for this plan. Um, so I'm going to go into here. We have a total of 51,000 uh, 51. acres of land will be used, and this is spread out throughout the entire state. Um, the first uh, few that we currently, um, uh, that I currently have planned out, um, they'll be located one in Yolo County, one in Sonoma County, one in Lassen County, and one in Ventura County. Um, those are the four, within those four counties is where we're looking to build the first four. And, you know, if we need more after that, then, you know, we can move on from that. But we have 51.5 thousand acres already planned out so far. You know, it'll be adjusted, of course, as needed. Um, so it's in total, you know, 51,000 acres. It's around the size of Irvine, I'd say, you know, there's no, um, and I'm actually going to see, it's a bit off, I'd say. And hold on. Let, let, I'd say it's a tad bit off. Um, hold on. How big is Irvine? 66 square miles. So 66 square miles in acres. It's about 42.2 thousand acres. So 42,200 acres is the size of Irvine, California, roughly. This project is about, uh, it's about, I believe, 16,000 acres larger than the city of Irvine. Um, the population of the city of Irvine, hold on, let me pull that one up too, because I have that fact. Um, population of the city of Irvine as of 2020 is 307,670 um, as of 2020. Um, this project in total with its, uh, you know, it has 16,000 more acres than Irvine. It'll be fitting about 3 million people. Um, just above 3 million people will be um, housed um, as a result of Project Gateway. Um, so after the completion of these first four developments, there will be 3 million people, you know, that can move in. And um, there you go. It's throughout California. Uh, and yeah. So let's take um, a comparison, if you will. Um, Newsom, during his, you know, reign, he announced a plan that was $757 million of taxpayer money. And it was meant to help us with our housing crisis and with our homelessness crisis. And this was what he did with that $757 million. He built two 2,500 quote-unquote affordable housing units. Doesn't even specify if they're... Well, no, actually he specified homes. But, you know, 2,500 full-size family homes is not going to solve our crisis, Newsom. Especially when those homes are probably at least a million dollars. You know, it's... At least high six figures, low seven figures at the minimum. So come on now. You're not fooling anyway. 150 new buses that, you know, give out zero carbon emissions. Again, this is what I'm saying. It's okay to care about transportation. and It's okay to care about the environment. But keep it separate from caring about crises like housing or homelessness or just any other crises in general. Keep crises separate from one another. The, only, the One of the only times... 
in terms of what I believe is acceptable for merging problems to create solutions is homelessness and housing because those two direct, directly coincide with one another. When it comes to, you know, transportation, the environment, homelessness, all this stuff, it does not tie in. While they are all issues that need to be taken seriously, they do not tie in. We need to make plans for different crises separate. We need to stop combining all of our, you know, solutions we're coming up with. We need to stop combining all of that into one thing. We need to stop doing that because, you know, it might be easier for you. It might be, you know, making your job easier, but it's not making anybody else's lives easier because when plans are written sloppy, they are executed sloppy. That is exactly what I think. And if you're being lazy and, you know, all that when you're writing legislation, the legislation is not going to be enacted right. And it is not going to be effect effective as a result of that. Um, so yeah, he also built 50 miles of new bikeways and he improved some existing sidewalks. Fine and dandy, you know, some sidewalks definitely do need to be repaired. Um, you know, Eric Adams knows a lot about that, except he refuses to fix his, um, uh, you know, um, sidewalks. But, you know, that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> Newsom actually did did start to um, do some stuff with sidewalks, which is, you know, whatever. But, you know, he did that with $757 million. Here's what I'm going to do with a billion. We're going to house 3 million people, right around 3 million people. All the housing will be affordable, efficient, and effective. Um, it also will not have any sort of devastating, you know, environmental results um, we're going to be, um, for any trees that we, we, you know, chop down, you know, we'll try to replace as many as we possibly can, you know, do all that to um, make up for anything that can possibly happen as a result of the construction. So, yeah. Um, so about 1,025,170 housing units built. Um, so there you go. So that's what, over a million homes, a million homes built. A million homes, over a million homes built under me, all right? That's, that's about a million homes. You can fit about, like, three million people total, you know, if we're accounting for, like, you know, one, two, or three, stuff like that. You know, some of these buildings aren't even actually just, like, single-family homes. They're, like, apartment complexes as well. So, you know, there's also, you know, a few different mix-ins and whatnot, you know. So, if the numbers don't add up by assuming that, oh, one person lives per house, you know, it's not like that. Because they're also included in that number of um, a million is also some apartment complexes, some multifamily homes, you know, and all that. So, yeah, um, millions of new jobs will be created as a result of, you know, all the construction need. But also, you know, these are new towns. So it isn't just going to be, you know, housing in the middle of nowhere. There's going to be shops. There's going to be things like that. And that will also create jobs and contribute directly back into our state economy. Um, which is just beneficial to everyone because what we're going to do, if I can find it here, is basically, you know, I'm going to tell it to you kind of, is that, you know, a lot of people might be concerned, if you will, if I can find it. I can't find it. I don't know why. Um, that's very weird. Hold on. Here it is. So the benefit is that, you know, the leftover housing, because, you know, it's estimated that, you know, only 170,000 people are homeless in California, but that's a bare minimum. So, you know, for me personally, I like being, I feel comfortable saying, you know, like a million, 
I feel comfortable saying a million, not in the sense that like, you know, I'm glad that a million people are out homeless. You know, I'm not, I'm not glad of that. What I'm saying is, you know, it's a good number to base off of because, you know, the 100 some odd, that 170,000, there's no way that's actually like what's happening. There's way too many homeless people for that to just be 170,000 people. That's ridiculous to even like, you know, make that claim. But, you know, even then, you know, if there is a million people in California homeless, we can house 3 million. We can house 3 million with a billion dollars. We can house 3 million people. 3 million, 3 million people. Um, that is absolutely insane. When you look at what Newsom did with seven, 757 compared to what I would do with a billion, that's only like what? 250 million more? So, I mean, that's quite a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But like, you know, for what Newsom could have done, he could have raised it to a billion like I did and got the same stuff done that I'm doing. I'm promising to doing. You know, he could have accomplished this, but he didn't. He didn't. He chose not to. And, you know, I'm going to come in and I'm going to fix the problem. Since no one else wants to do it, I'm more than glad to do it myself. You know, um, so, yeah, but also what will happen is that with that extra housing that is left over after, you know, the whole homelessness problem is under wraps and under control, thanks to Gateway, you know, what we'll do is with that leftover housing, we will, you know, put it up for rent and whatnot, you know, put it up for lease or whatever, if you will, rent those apartments out, rent, rent those houses out, rent those apartments out, you know, all that. And with that money, the revenue that is made from the rent, that's going directly back into your pockets. And we're not meaning that in some weird way, like, you know, oh, it'll go back to you when we fund all these new buses or all these new cop cars or something stupid like that, you know, that doesn't actually impact you. No, what I'm talking about is directly into your bank account, straight into your bank account. Immediately, you get money back during tax season. That is exactly what we're talking about. And, you know, it's kind of like a tax refund in a way where it's like, oh, you know, you paid this amount in taxes. The taxes ended up paying for this plan, which we are now generating some sort of profit off of in the aftermath because, you know, hey, we had a few more units laying around. And why why leave the units empty when we can, you know, actually, you know, get people into these units, have them pay a rent that's somewhat affordable, you know, affordable, you know. We're not going to say, you know, oh, yeah, 10000 a month, you know, whatever. We're going to say, no, here's like, you know, let's say like 2000 a month tops, you know, like something affordable. And then the leftover money from that goes right back to you. Since your tax dollars paid for that plan in the first place, not a single dime of the revenue from the plan is going to go back to the state government or anybody that works for the state government. It's all going back to the people because the people fund this plan. The people fund this plan, and I think it's right that with any sort of profit that possibly gets made off of this plan, that profit goes directly back to the people who helped fund it in the first place. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people are going to agree with me when it comes to that because it's like, hey, you know, Someone from the government actually wanting to give me back my money I'm paying them. That's fantastic, you know? And that's me personally because, you know, I think taxes are just stupid in general. You know, a lot of them are ridiculously expensive and whatnot, you know? And I think, you know, the whole system's rigged, in my opinion, with the whole taxation system. You know, all the loopholes millionaires get to use um, while we're taxed absurd amounts of money as a result of that. 
you know, um, I think it's all absurd. And, you know, that's why I, I do things like this where it's like, you know, realistically, you know, I could take that money that, that profited from this plan, you know, realistically, if I'm a shady politician, which I'm not, you know, I could go ahead, pocket that, do whatever I want with it, you know, send it back into the state budget so that, you know, we can spend some money on something useless. You know, if I really wanted to, if I, if I was someone like Gavin Newsom, you know, that's exactly what I would do, but I'm not like Gavin Newsom. I absolutely loathe Gavin Newsom, um, and all of his clones. And realistically, I'm, I'm the only person that's actually offering a solution here that actually is going to work and a solution that's going to give you back money if we make any sort of profit off of it. You know, you know, for a fact that we are making profit off of it because you're making that profit. You're making part of that profit back. And, you know, if we're estimating that even a a million, 1.5 million people are homeless in California, um, you know, if we estimate 1.5 million people are homeless in California, that leaves another 1.5 million and some change, you, uh, you know, enough to house that many. With that, we could do a lot. We can make a lot of profit off of that. So it's not like, you know, oh, it's going to be like a few pennies and it's going to be completely pointless. It's going to be some sort of gimmick. You know, what it's really going to be is, you know, the people being treated as they should have been all this time along. And, you know, that that's a fundamental belief that I have is that, you know, we should have been being treated properly by our government since the very beginning. And I'm also a believer that, you know, in fact, we haven't been. We've been played by our government instead and used as, you know, their piggy bank and their toy. And, you know, I'm here to say, you know, go buy your own toy. You know, leave me alone. Enough is enough. Fix this. You know, fix the problems that I am stuck living with, you know, fix the economy that we are all stuck living in that is falling apart, but is being held up with scotch tape, otherwise known as Bidenomics, which by the way, chances are that scotch tape ain't even the actual scotch tape. It's probably that cheap Dollar Tree scotch tape. It's not holding together. That's the point I'm trying to prove here. Bidenomics ain't holding anything together. It is actually allowing things to fall apart still. It is absolutely useless. If we had no sort of economic plan whatsoever, we would be seeing somewhat similar results. I guarantee you. And, you know, I don't think that's unreasonable to say. I don't think that is unreasonable to say. I think that is completely within reason to say that... If we really absolutely had no care in the world as to what our economy did, we would be having a similar result. You know, if we kept, you know, like all the worker protections and whatnot in place, but we just stopped caring about our economy and all that, things would not be going that well, of course, but they'd probably be going quite similarly to what we're seeing with Bidenomics. You know, Bidenomics is not working. Because it's literally just a cheap, crappy clone of a system that didn't work in the first place. Reaganomics. Trickle-down economics. It didn't work before. Why would it work now? That's the question I posed to Joe Biden about his, uh, his Bidenomics plan. What makes you think that trickle-down economics, which failed tremendously under Reagan and everyone else who has tried it, why do you think that trickle-down economics, that Reaganomics, that Bidenomics, whatever you want to call it, helps us when it only hurts us. It hurts the people at the bottom, and it, it, it keeps the people at the top well-fed. It keeps them, 
very highly paid, overly paid in my opinion, and it keeps them as the elite. And that's exactly why they support it, because it keeps them in an elitist position that they love abusing. They love classism. They love being on top. They love being so, so you know, quote unquote, above us, you know, they love that. They love that. So why don't we take back our government by voting in people who will show those people that this is America, this is a free and fair land, and you will not abuse the citizens of this country, of this state of California. You will not abuse any of them. You will not use them as your piggy bank. You will not use them as your toy. You will not use them at all. We are all human beings. We should not be using each other. We should be able to all come together as human beings and realize that enough is enough and that we need to seriously change course and we need to seriously get on top of these things, you know, things that are a part of my agenda and we need to get on top of this immediately. We need, we need to fix the problem that our predecessors left behind. And the only way that we can truly make those politicians who are in office right now into predecessors is by getting out, registering to vote, voting in primaries, voting in midterms, voting in special elections, voting in, you know, general elections, voting in every single election that you possibly can, making sure that your voice is heard, contacting your local representatives, contacting your state representatives, your federal representatives, your, your member of the Senate, you know, um, all that, you know, and you have to make sure that your voice is heard because if your voice is not heard, you're just allowing them to get away with it. And, you know, for a lot of them, you know, it's not going to work. You know, they're going to just keep listening to their, you know, paymasters and whatnot, their, um, you know, pack donors and whatnot. But, you know, some people will change course, you know, if they realize that enough people are speaking up about it and enough people are enraged about it. The problem is, while we might think the movement for change is, is, is massive, we're not showing out as much as we need to. We need to urge everyone a part of this movement and this belief that things are not the way they should be to unite. And we need these people to come together and, you know, form some sort of, you know, initiative or cause to fix things in this country, to, you know, get things back to the way they should be, to to fix the problems that, you know, the predecessors left behind and to actually make these career politicians into the predecessors that we hope for them to soon be. You know, we have to put the effort in if we want the results. And this applies for, you know, in terms of elections, this applies in terms of contacting your representatives. This applies in attending a protest or a political rally or a, or a you know campaign event for someone you believe in or even if you don't believe in them and you're trying to crash the event you want to you know yell yell at them on the microphone and you know call them out for their crap you know i love i love watching that when that comes on my twitter timeline it's honestly hilarious and i think it's amazing um and you know that's exactly the energy that we need to all adopt is a fighting energy a fighting energy that says we are not going to bow down to corporate interests. We are not going to bow down to the elite. We are not going to bow down to these people. We are going to tell them that, listen, 
We are the majority of people, period. And we're not going to take elitism. We're not going to take classism. We're not going to take capitalism, which is a toxic system as a whole. We're not going to take this crap anymore. We're not going to do it. And we're going to start getting our voices heard, whether it be through our current set of representatives or through a new set of representatives. And we all need to converge and agree on that. Because I guarantee you that if we got all the people who thought things are not right in this country together and got them all to unite on that fact, we could easily defeat. We could easily defeat the two-party system. We could easily defeat the career politicians. We could easily do that. But what that's going to take, not only candidates, people to step up and become candidates... But it's also going to take people to protest, people to call their representatives, people to register to vote, people to vote, people to do all of these things. And it's going to be a very difficult process to make this a mainstream cause. But what we are going to need to do in this media-influenced society is to make this mainstream. Because if we do not make this mainstream and we do not get this message out to the masses, it's not going to work. We need to make sure that we are heard and that we are seen and that the algorithms and all this is not going to affect us being heard. We need to make sure that we are heard. And that means a lot of people trying to be heard at the same time for the same things. So, yeah. And that's, you know, if you vote for me, that's what you're going to get is someone who's going to fight until the very end for you all. So, you know, um, think about the plan. I'm going to have it released um, later tonight. I'm going to have some stuff posted on all that, you know, later today. You know, we're going to have all that posted on social medias. Um, We're going to have graphics, infographics and whatnot, I guess, and all that posted. So um, stay tuned for that. Um, But yeah, that is pretty much it for today. I want to thank you all so much for listening in and I'll see you guys next time.